Hey, what's good, everybody? Welcome back to our podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Keith B. This is the episode 14 of the F Your Feelings podcast statement. That's actually a question about faith, family, fatherhood, friendship, and everything in between, man. Man, this has been a fabulous year. Um, you know, this is the first year that we kicked off our, our podcast. We're wrapping up season one. And so uh, the, 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 the team thought that, you know what, we should do a, a best, best of moments uh, for, from all the segments that we've done for this podcast for this year. And so, um, you know, but before we jump into that, man, once again, we just always want to thank all of our listeners. Thank you all for tuning in to our first season of the podcast. Um, this has truly been a remarkable journey for all of the fellas, including myself. And so we just want to say thank you all, man, um, for, for, for being supporters of, of, of this platform and for us sharing our thoughts and ideas, um, about life. And so with that being said, um, we, we all had a, a homework assignment for us to choose our favorite segment, um, you know, that, that, that we wanted to highlight as this as, as this uh, best of moments episode. And so uh, for me, it, it's, it's episode nine prototype, um, you know, the segment that touches on the first five years of marriage um, is something that, you know, I hold dear and close to my heart. Um, I think about some of the things that uh, my wife and I have overcome in the first five years of our marriage. And, and we see other couples around us that are embarking upon that same journey. And so I hope you guys can, um, you know, tune into that episode if, if you hadn't, haven't already listened. And, um, you know, just just open your mind and open your ears, man, because we, we dropped a lot of good advice and, and good knowledge for, for you to take home, man, and, and hopefully improve upon your relationship. So. Thank y'all, man, and 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 just continue to uh, support us, and, and God bless. So, so today's topic, we we were just discussing uh, around relationships with a focus on um, those early years in in marriage, or or maybe you're engaged, um, and and obviously we'll, we'll we'll try to keep it um, open open minded and look at it from both sides. But, you know, with, with three brothers, we're we going to give the man's, the, the man's view, the, the, the men's perspective. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, man, with that being said, I think, I think this is a, a an important topic. Um, I got a lot of brothers and sisters right now that's uh, in those first three to five years worth of marriage. And, you know, a lot of people see marriage based off of what they see in me, you know, social media, or on the movies or on television. And so you have this depiction that, you know, shit is supposed to be perfect, like coming out the gate. Like you're not supposed to have no problems. You know, y'all ain't gonna fight about dishes or when the last time y'all had sex. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like right. and, and you know, right. it's, it's it's just crazy, right? Cause like that's 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 the image that we watched on television, or or maybe, you know, for what you could see through that looking glass, you know, looking at your parents you know, you probably saw a portion of what their marriage was like, but not the entire thing. And so a lot of, a lot of us walk into it sort of blindsided, right? Not really having a, a true uh, open perspective about, you know, uh, not open, but excuse me, honest perspective of what uh, marriage is supposed to be like. Um, so this, this topic is really important to me. Um, I think it'll benefit a lot of people. And, you know, the beautiful part about the three of us is that we, we're all married. And, and we've been married for, for a few years. Um, I'm going on 10 right now. So um, I think I, I think I think we got a good topic tonight. How, y- how y'all feeling about it? Hey, man, I'm loving it. Because um, truth be told, I wish I wish somebody did explain or give me some type of insight on um, those first five years, because 
you know, you really getting to know one, you trying to get to know yourself in this new you know, situation and you have somebody else that you got to learn and, and figure out how to coexist with. So it's kind of weird trying to navigate those pieces and not be selfish and want your way. Um, so, yeah, man, I, I think it's super important. I think um, somebody should give <laughs> write down all the experiences and get get a kids a blueprint. <laughs> you know, when they say, hey, we want to get married and be like, hey, look, look out for this. Look out for that. You know, because truly, you know, nobody really talks about it. Um, and then a lot of times we learn um, from what people from from where people messed up. And we, you know, we, we, I'm not going to do that when I get married. I'm not going to do that in, in this relationship. I'm not going to do this um, in those spaces. And not knowing that you come with your own baggage and your own stuff into it as well. So, Absolutely. Absolutely. Man, I, um, I was just sitting here thinking about, like, you know, my own personal walk uh, going into uh, my marriage. And... I don't know how, I, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I mean, I've seen some articles, but nevertheless, I feel like the the hot topic that was really a, a big topic for, for me and my wife in our early years um, was money. Like understanding, like, you know, having the, the, being on the same page about how we view money, right? And, you know, what a lot of people don't really take into account is that when you're, when you're, um, you know, when you're getting married, right? I mean, you're, you're, permanently attaching yourself to this other person, right? I mean, I, I kind of look at it like a puzzle piece, right? It's two puzzle pieces, right? Okay. And, you know, there's there's an occasion where you meet your perfect piece to match with, right? It's like, boom, y'all in sync, everything flows, no arguments, you know, no, no disagreements, no discrepancies. But let's be honest, most of us aren't a perfect sync, right? No. So there's gonna be areas where, you know, it's not going to line up. And I think money is something, at least for myself, where like, you know, I can honestly say for me, early in my relationship, I was trying to like buy a house or save as much money as we could to invest and stuff like that, you know. And and, and I know my wife's perspective was, you know, we're young, we should, you know, live life, travel, have fun. And, and so it caused a big um, ripple um, in our early years um, centered around money. Um, can y'all can y'all talk to that at all? Like like y'all have any um, relatable stories that you could share? Yeah, I hop in. Mm-hmm. So I actually want to take a step back further. I think the first big thing that I was unprepared for was uh, the actual wedding itself, and with the wedding itself brought its own share of problems. I saw a funny. I was watching a, a movie one time. I forgot the exact quote, but. Um, the quote was something along the lines of the marriage is for us. The wedding is for them. And it was funny. Mm-hmm. Like we, we actually had a family situation where, you know, you got family members not talking to each other for extended periods of time because of certain things that have transpired, you know, because that's a very high emotional situation. So it, it was one of those things where mm-hmm. I almost was not prepared for that. It was like, it was like we had a big marriage test before we even said I do dealing with that situation. You know what I mean? So I thought that was, that was interesting. And and, and even before that, um, when Keith was talking about money, um, I have this mindset of setting the expectation when it comes to a lot of situations. So 
I think also with with when you're in your first five years, I don't know if if TV has or society has made us believe this, but I think a lot of us believe that once you cross that threshold into marriage, your relationship changes. Whereas I believe for me personally, the foundation was already set and the things that change are details. So let me explain. Um, when my wife and I started dating at the time, she was living in uh, Raleigh, Durham area in North Carolina. And she used to attend this church called World Overcomers Church with Pastor Andy Thompson. Yeah, so y'all didn't know I could shout out a pastor too on my Keith right now. <laughs> and uh, uh, Pastor Andy had this. <laughs> no words. He, he, he rides he hard for marriage, but he had this acronym that, that sticks with me to this day. Now, mind you, um, my wife and I just celebrated nine years in September 2nd, so shout out to us. Um, we dated for... I don't even remember how many years we dated, but you know what I'm saying? It's been a long time, but he had this acronym and the acronym is very simple. The acronym is SMIRK, S-M-I-R-K. And these are topics that we tried our best to discuss and understand. Of course, obviously you change and you grow and develop, but the acronym stands for, uh, S is for sex, because these are topics that discuss sex, money, intangibles, religion, and kids. If you're mm, able to get an understanding of all those topics, that puts you in a better situation to succeed. Because Keith hit on M. That's one of the number one reasons that people are not successful or, or even sex, you know, not just referring to either, you know, high desire or low desire or frequency, but just, you know, what is comfortable to you? What is your style of communication? Your intangibles, you know what I mean? Are you messy? Is that person messy? You know, does this person like to cook? Does this person not believe in cooking? Those are little details you have to talk about. <laughs> are you the person that the, the vehicle is going to run out of gas and you're just not going to worry about it? You know what I mean? It could be literally anything. And then religion. You know, a lot of people, your, your belief system, your core system, a lot of, you know, with our faith background, we talk about it aligning with one another. But that is a conversation that you really probably should have with your person. You know, where do you, where, where's your core? You know, what are your beliefs? You know, how will that, are you able to just co-mingle, adapt that? Because it being different to me is not necessarily an issue, but that's definitely a discussion that needs to be had, especially when you get to K, you know, kids, you know, if you're one faith and your spouse is another faith, do you want them to be indoctrinated in your faith, their faith, or you know, do you choose? No, we'll let them figure it out on their own. But these are all discussions that that must happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's good. Uh, I like that. That's yeah, really no. good, bro. I, and I, I like that acronym a lot. Um, and it definitely covers the full gambit. Now, my question is because you know, all of us, we um, we got married in, in different you know stages in our life. Um, you know, in different parts of our of our journey. I myself, I got, I got married when I was 23. And so a lot of times you don't have either the knowledge or even sometimes the level of maturity to be able to have those type of conversations at a, um, at an efficient level to where you can actually come to come together and agree or, or disagree on the topic. Um, you know, like, I mean, some people say, like, 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 if you ask somebody at 22, 23, do you want kids? 
They're like, yeah, yeah, I want kids, you know. But then by the time 30 hit, it's like, do you, do you still want kids? <laughs> right, right. No, you know, life, life has gone differently. You know, certain events have changed. You know, maybe things didn't unfold the way you wanted to. Um, you know, I mean, dude, like, like, like when I met my wife, um, I was 19. She was 18. She told me she wanted her first kid by 23. I said, what? 23? <laughs> 23? Bro, like, I, I, I might be walking across graduation stage at 23. Like, I said, nah, you, 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 you really tripping. Um, we need that timetable to fall back at least five years. And it did. I mean, we ended up having our, our, our son at uh, 28. But even oh. then, having them at 28, tell me why I still felt like that was early. Yeah. Like, tell me why I still wish we would have waited just a little bit longer. Um, you know, and so to your point, Mike, I think the acronym is, is perfect. It definitely covers the full gambit. Um, I think sometimes you may need, you know, a uh, uh, a more seasoned veteran <laughs> that's been married for a while to help facilitate that conversation. That way you okay. can have an intelligent, you know, discussion around those topics because, you know, at, at 22, 23, you know, you don't have those answers, you know, or you think you do, right. but are you going to feel the same way 10 years from now? So Absolutely right. not. Yeah. You just don't have those tools in your toolbox yet. Um, just to be very honest. And for me, like, this is my second marriage. So um, I had that screw one up horribly first. <laughs> you know, we we was all over the place. We could, like you say, you, we couldn't figure out money. We couldn't figure out money. We couldn't figure out um, the sex was cool. <laughs> because for a dude, the sex is sex. At that, that point, it wasn't. But me being that young, I didn't understand the intimacy. Um, and the, and the, the details of, of, of really loving and being with someone. Um, but now whenever I came in, you know, I, into this marriage, it was a whole different situation because I had a different lens, um, a better understanding of loving me first. And I think a lot of times people get into a situation thinking the other person is going to complete them or the other person love is going to make them better. It's like, no, whenever I came into this marriage, it was like, I'm already loving me. <laughs> I'm already old. So, you know, whenever you come into the, to, to, to my, 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 my space and, and my energy, then you, we, we got you, you got to be whole too, because I can't, I can't make you. Um, and that was that was the difference. Both of us understood that one God was first, and that was that that was and still is like our foundation. How number one God is first, no matter what um, money, sex, everything else, God is first. And if we keep Him first, and that 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 was one of the things that that really drew me to my wife, because before we we wasn't even trying to get together. We was more so friends and it's like, let's pray together. Let's, you know, make sure that we were friends. And we was like, yo, you kind of dope. You kind of, you know, so that those pieces were there. Um, the first five years was crazy for us because even, even the money, she was a lot better with money than I was. And for, for me to back up and be like, here, you run with it. Take take control of all of that. I don't need to because I'm gonna jack it up. 
um, for me giving, giving, pushing that over to her, um, and relinquishing some of the, that off of me was huge because she, she thrives in that area. Um, it has been a b- big blessing for us. So I, I think that, you know, in that first five years, that was the big lesson for me, not being so pigheaded and, and arrogant and be like, yo, I got to have everything. I got to make sure everything is in, in order and learning to accept her help, learning to accept the fact that she's, she's stronger in areas than I am um, and really letting her take the lead in those places. Bro, I mean, so to our listeners, like, David said like a hundred good points that you definitely need to, hopefully when you listen to this, you got a notepad and you're taking notes. This man speaking like a veteran. Um, but the one thing that stuck out to me that, and I literally, David, I literally just had a conversation with a friend of ours and I was literally telling her the exact same thing. Your spouse does not complete you. Yeah. That's not their purpose. Their purpose is not to complete you. Their their purpose in life is not to make you happy all the time. Like, that's not why they're there. They're supposed to compliment you. Absolutely. You guys are supposed to work side by side together and, and, and conquer these endeavors as, as one. But you're not supposed to rely on each other. You're supposed to rely on God. Right? Absolutely. And, 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 you know, if, if y'all don't take away anything else from this discussion tonight, please, please take away that because I think that's, that right now is toxic in a lot of relationships, especially early relationships. And to your point, David, like you learned, you had to learn to love yourself and to, in order for you to really love someone else. You know what I'm saying? Like you had to be comfortable with who you are as a person to where you're not looking for this other person to bring you joy. Absolutely. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Super important um, uh, point that, that you made. And I just wanted to put some emphasis on that. So also I was going to say within the, the, the first five years, for me personally, was actually very trying. Um, imagine this. You're in those first five years and then you have a situation happens. My situation happened to be uh, I was unable to find a job. And they're just trying to navigate that process. Um, I had moved, we'd moved uh, to a different city, a different state. And, you know, sometimes those are challenges that occur. And and it happened to turn out to be an extended period of time. Um, during that time, I also dealt with heavy bouts of depression. So it, w- it was a challenge. Uh, one of the blessings of that situation is I had to adapt. You know, I had to be flexible. Um, I actually picked up skills that I didn't have before. Um, going back to what Keith was saying about uh, you and you and your person being a compliment, I had to then basically go with the next man up mindset. So like, if I'm here, you can only apply for jobs so many times per day. So many times, yeah, per day. But what are you doing in those other 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 hours, minutes, seconds? Um, finding different ways to benefit my household. So for me, during those periods, um, I, I picked up cooking. You know, that's something that I wasn't, I was decent, but I actually became a lot better in it. Um, I picked up um, things like even just trying to help my wife have a better day. When she walked in, just less things to think about. So I, I think that was the the whole point of all this that I'm saying is within the first five years, 
a lot of times you don't expect life-changing situations to happen. That one was an extreme, was not an extreme case for me. That didn't, that didn't happen until year seven, but we'll come back to year seven at another point. But the point is sometimes your expectation and reality don't always align. And a lot of the, the, the things in marriage involve being able to overcome situations. For us, our base was, was the Lord, being able to lean on the Lord to, to help guide us and give us strength. And it also took a lot of work. I think that when it comes to relationships, I don't think that I don't think relationships are hard. It just takes work. It's a lot of work. And if you have a mindset when it comes that working is a part of the job, then then you'll make it. And 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 it's not that necessarily I think it's not hard. I just think that sometimes we make it a lot more complicated than it should be or even has to be. I agree. I totally agree. I totally agree. Like, marriage is work, man. You got to work at it every day. And some people get so comfortable and complacent to where, you know, you forget the small things. You know, you forget to to be compassionate about, hey, how your day was, you know, or let me, you know, let me let me cook you something. Let me, let, the, the small things that you used to do coming into it. You know, the first year, two years, and then now it's, you know, y'all in a groove and you forget those things. And I and, and, and to be very honest with you, as as the years go, it becomes harder to, you know, go back and remember those things that that made the other one happy. And even you, you begin to change like that five year, that five year parameter is like you're changing now. You're going to a whole different mindset a whole different stage I, I always say that every five years every five to ten years you you, you move to a different stage in, in life so you get into a whole new marriage you know that you're dealing with because y'all are totally different people from when you started so I, I think that man just being cognizant of the every day-to-day um, working on it learning something new about them you know they might find a new book that they like. And I might not get, care five farts about the book that she liked, but guess what? She like it. So I'm going to be like, yo, babe, what's good with the book? Right. I might read the back of it so, you know, I know somewhat what's going on. But just the fact of me being interested in trying to get into her world um, makes her happy and gets her and allows her the opportunity to share her world with me and vice versa. So, hey, it's Lorenzo. Um, haven't been a host for the entire run of this podcast, but honestly, one of my favorite sections were when I was a spectator. It was uh, episode three. Um, what's the most challenging thing you've been faced with faced with as a dad? And um, personally, I'm not a father, but my brother is. And um, that was the first time when I was listening to this podcast that I, I really recognized the value that these gentlemen were, were putting out, you know, there were, there were words that, you know, my brother and I, we didn't have between each other. We didn't really talk about these kind of things, but I was like, Hey, here's um, some people that have gone through similar things. We talk the same, we come from similar backgrounds. Um, and it was kind of like me speaking to him through their words. So that, that was one of the more impactful segments that I've encountered so far. All right, so we'll jump in today's topic. So today's topic is going to be centered around fatherhood or, or manhood. So what it means to be a dad or or man in, in today's society. So, you know, um, 
threw up a couple questions for us to just sort of uh, shape the conversation. Starting off with, uh, what's the most challenging thing you've been faced with as a dad? Like, what 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 obstacle that you feel like you had to overcome? You know, in those early years of being a dad. Just open it to the floor. I'm new to this, David. So you probably got a few more stories than me. <laughs> um, honestly, man, I think my biggest challenge was I was just really afraid of of stepping into that role as as a dad. You know, knowing enough to impart real wisdom into another small person, mm-hmm. um, and to help them along this journey. Because you know, and I waited later in my life to have kids is literally because of the fear um, of not knowing of if, if I would be able able to be a good dad, not having that, um, those positive male role models that was there as dads um, really gave me kind of anxiety about having kids in in the first piece. Um, And then being stable enough to, to provide the type of life that I wanted to give um, my kids. So those that was that was getting out of my own head and getting out of my own way to actually step into that role. I think was my biggest challenge. Yeah. So I guess a sidebar question, at least for me, and I'll, I'll even answer it first. Um, and just be real, like you know, what what were were either of y'all scared or or nervous about being a dad, like like early on? And so for me. Personally, I was, but I ain't gonna lie, like, you know, once again, you know, all my Christian folks, excuse my language, you know, I was scared shitless, bro. Like, I mean, like, yeah. if I'm keeping it 100, like, I mean, I, I watched my dad um, do a phenomenal job with me and my sister, you know, shout out to the elder. Um, you know, he he definitely um, put his work, you know, blood, sweat and tears into, you know, providing and being a dad, but, um, I also saw how we used to frustrate the hell out of them. <laughs> and, <laughs> and so, you know, being real, bro, like, you know, I, you know, a part of me, you know, I got married part obviously because I love my wife and I, you know, I, I felt like, that's, you know, God called us to be together. But in addition to that, you know, I wanted a family um, because honestly, that's, that's what I saw growing up. So, um, but once the time actually came, like once, you know, she called me and she said, oh my gosh, like, you know, I'm pregnant. Like, I remember, like, you know, she was crying and I was trying to keep it together. And I said, you know, baby, it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. Man, I got off that phone. I was like, Lord Jesus. Like, <laughs> what have what I done? The hell did I just get myself into, <laughs> bro? Like, like, you know, so I don't know, man. You know, so, yeah, I mean, like, how, how do y'all feel? Like, like, what was, what was your first feeling of being like, you know, told that you're about to be a dad? Um. I think I'll, I'll say, and, and, and this is not popular, but I think questions like, what if I don't like my kids? Mm. And I'm, I'm serious. I'm being totally serious. I know a lot of adults now, parents don't mess with them. You know what I mean? Right. It could right. be that the right. parents are terrible. It could be that they're terrible. And probably my biggest fear was, I'm like, man, what if I don't like these people? Yeah, but bro, like that's that's something you think about thirty years down. Bro, no, I'm, I'm thinking you don't that. like a baby. <laughs> hey, <laughs> you don't like babies. They say fresh out the womb. Bro, <laughs> I'm taking you to twenty. Like I don't like you, little dude. <laughs> listen, man. What 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 do they? What can they do for themselves? They fresh out the womb. They looking at you. You looking at them. 
<laughs> what do they do? They poop, they eat, and they sleep. Facts. And they be cute. They, sometimes. Yes. <laughs> I mean, and, and we, we should also be honest. The first couple of weeks when they first come out, you know, baby, oh, baby look kind of alien so let's, not, <laughs> let's be transparent and honest about that. Bruh, when, when, when my son came out, I looked at him like, you don't look nothing like me. And I looked at, at my wife and I'm like, is this something you want to tell me? That? <laughs> what you like, doing? Right. Like, I'm like, bro, like, he is like 10 shades lighter than me. Like, you know, and she's like, oh, he's going to darken up. He's going to darken up. You know, and, and he did eventually, but even then, he's still lighter than me. But like, you know, hey. it's all good. It's funny how genes work, man, especially with complexion. You know, you just never know what you're going to get, you know. It's cool. But yeah, uh, the first question you said, what's the most challenging thing you faced as a dad? I, I would say probably something that happened last year. Um, my oldest child fell off the bar stool. And, um, you know, it's a situation where she's bleeding and um, my wife went out of town. Mm. But thank God I had somebody else there at the house with me. But it was kind of a scary situation because, you know, she is only she's three. She can articulate very well. But at the same time, you know, I can't just say. What exactly is hurting? You know, do you have a headache? What type of headache? So, so on and so forth. So uh, I'm, I'm doing the best that I can, you know, also, and then, you know, we're still in COVID. So you're taking, I'm, I'm going to a hospital I've never been to, taking her to a hospital she's never been to, you know, trying to navigate those situations and answer as many questions as I can. You know, why would, why would a child fall off of a bar stool? Well, child is a child. You, you, you can only <laughs> kick the island so many times before it tips over. Dang. True, you know, True. and and, and that, that's something that you know she sits on that every single day, so it's not something I ever expected. But I, I think the biggest challenge was just the mental aspect of man, something happened, and I physically could not control the outcome. Gotcha. And just thinking about you know, blaming mentally the dance of, well, what if I did this, or maybe I should have done that. You know, thank God it worked out, she got some stitches that night, one of the best days of her life because. She came home with a bunch of uh, toys and stickers and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, just the the, the, the never-ending questions of could I, should I, or did I? Hmm. Yeah, that's huge. That's dope. That's real, man. For yeah, real. I mean, honestly, man, when I think about the most challenging, I think about that first year. Like, that first year, you know, obviously, there's – those beautiful moments where, you know, you see your kid laugh or smile or, you know, you see them having fun. Um, but man, dude, that first year for me was like, I had, I had a lot of moments where I felt like I was just in pure hell. Like it was just, it was so intense that like, I mean, yo, know, like real talk. Like, I mean, I don't even know if dudes can actually go through postpartum, but like, I felt like, bro, I felt like I was going through postpartum. Like it was like on a level where, I mean, I don't know, I was stressed out. I mean, my job yeah. was already making me sort of stressed out. And so I had a kid on to it, you know, I mean, and then, you know, me and my lady, we both work, you know, she's a nurse, I'm an engineer. And so our schedules, right? Like there was always a hard time having, you know, things align up between our two schedules. She worked 12 hour shifts, you know, I worked right. 
Monday through Friday, mm-hmm. nine to five. And so like, I remember, you know, my son having to go to uh, daycare at like three months old. Wow. We didn't, wow man. Exactly, man. Like, I mean, you know, neither one of our parents were retired. We didn't, you know, we, we were in a city where we didn't have a lot of family. You know, family was like within an hour's drive, but, you know, still like they had jobs. So like, it wasn't like we had a lot of help. And so like, um, you know, so yeah, I mean, we, we had to go look for daycares to uh, put them in. And I remember like dropping them off, you know, early in the morning and, and he would have yeah. like this look like at, at three months old, he used to look at me like, daddy, you really going to do this to me? <laughs> right, what? right. Like you really doing this to me? You know, like he would look so sad, dude. And so, um, at least at the first one, but the second one, he seemed to like, you know, click with the teacher. So I, I right. it was a really good thing. But, um, but yeah, with my wife working 12s, bro, like, you know, I had to like, you know, get her stuff together. Like she would, she would leave the house by the time, by the time she was leaving the house, I was like, just getting out of bed. And so like, yeah. I'm like getting this stuff together, making bottles, getting this bag, you know, then I, I, I got to get dressed and then, yeah. you know, drop them off, go to work, leave work, pick them up, come home, you know, fix some bottles, you know, fix, you know, something, something, either pick up something to eat on the way home or, you know, make, make something in the kitchen. Right. You know what I'm saying? Cause Figure like I said, out. my lady worked 12. Yeah. So, you know, and that was the routine for about a year. And then I went through a, a, a quick stint at my job where they had me working third shift. And so like, yeah, dude. So like I would literally when when my wife would come home from work, I would go to work and then like work through the night, get off, come home in enough time to where, you know, by the time she's getting ready to leave, I'm 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 at the house getting his stuff together, getting ready to, you know, take him back to daycare, drop him off. You know what I'm saying? Like and then cycle. come back home, go to sleep and then wake up and you know what I'm saying? And so like, you know, I was going through all of that, um, you know, before he even turned one and, uh, man, dude, I ain't gonna lie, dude, like that, that, that year made me literally say to myself, yo, F this, I'm not gonna have no more kids. Cause like, you know, this is for the birds. Like nobody told me it was going to be like this. I was with my grandmama way more like you know, as a child <laughs> right. like where is his grandparents right. at like i need some help like you know and so i don't know man like that that was the most challenging part for me this is michael my favorite segment this year on the show was uh episode eight tennessee the segment representation matters that was a, a very powerful segment for me just being able to hear my co hosts talk about some of their experiences and gave me an opportunity to reflect upon some of my own. It just opened my mind to just uh, how important I knew that representation was important, but just how it's been important for them and and how it could be for other people. And then, you know what I'm saying? With it being multicultural, um, that's interesting. That's, that's pretty dope. You know, um, even, even like winter garden, I'm, 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 I'm real comfortable here, but just and, and it's all kinds of people here. It's, it's very diverse. Yeah. But as far as like my my girl seeing um strong women 
doing doing their thing in the in the community. They don't get that. And that's one thing that for me, I miss being here. Now I love the community, but I do miss certain elements um from back in, you know, if it was more of a a a, a black community. Like those are the type of tiny bits that I miss. Um my daughter seeing, you know, or even going back to back in the days, my daughter's being in in a neighborhood where it's black lawyers, black teachers, um, black engineers, just a, a group of black professionals that's in all disciplines um, that they see and can emulate growing up. That's that's something that I don't have here um, and I want, but. You know, I, truth be told, like, I'm I'm cool where I'm at. No, I feel you. Oh, go ahead, Mike. I said, let me ask y'all this. Um, the Rachi or we're just going to say we're going to just do elementary, middle, high. Um, do you all remember how many black teachers you had? Absolutely. Yeah. Most yeah. Definitely. Absolutely. Yeah. From, from one. Oh, go, go ahead. ahead. Go ahead. I was about to say I had one in elementary. Um one in middle, and then high school was a little different. High school, I went to Middleton High School. Shout out to middle, Middleton High School in Tampa, Florida. Um, anybody know about Middleton? We we are the, uh, I, feel like, I feel like we're the blackest high school in, in the whole country. <laughs> um, always on the news for something crazy. But um, what a lot of people don't know is that, you know, they have a very good magnet program there. And um, I'm, I was very fortunate to be a part of that magnet program that helped me set, set, set my career up for what it is today. But um, yeah, man, I mean, yeah, no, I, one in elementary, her name was Mrs. Tillman. And, you know, she was constantly like, you know, pulling us aside, telling us, you know, you know, y'all, y'all got to be better. You know, y'all, y'all have to be the, the best representation of us. Um, this was, you know, my elementary school was a uh, private Catholic school. Um, I went to Bella Madonna um, elementary school. Well, it wasn't actually elementary. It went from uh, kindergarten to uh, eighth grade, but. You know, she 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 was a big um, influence on my life um, in my early early um, educational career, um, and really instilling in us you know the importance of education and, and, and striving for it. And then um, middle school, it was uh, a lady by the name of Mrs. Smith. Actually, she got married, Mrs. Brown. That was her name. But um, same thing, English teacher, and you know, set, instilled the same values, same goals, and always taught us like you know definitely, you know, continue to strive for higher education and, um, you know, be pursue the, the, the you know, your, your pursue everything that you could be and reach your potential, you know, because you're, 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 you're the future of our, of our, um, of our culture, of our, um, community. So. I think, I think for me, man, like, um, it was one in elementary, Mr. Barnes, um, Middle school, it was probably like three or four. Um, particularly one one brother, Mr. Phillips, was super sharp, man. And it would always take us under his wings to mentor us. Um, and he didn't care what you had going on. He didn't care if you was the street of street dude or, you know, the biggest scholar. He had everybody in there. You was on the football team, you were sitting on the chess team too. <laughs> You know, just changing that thought process um, for us, man. But then when we got to high school, it was um, it was quite a bit. But 
you really didn't have that that strong outside of like football. You didn't have that strong like, hey, look, I know what's going on. Get it together. Let's let's work on it. Let's help each other get through, navigate through this this whole whole craziness that's going on because it it, it was wild, man. Um, and you didn't have those mentors, mm. and I think that that's what that part is is what we missed in high school outside of the football. Like, absolutely, you had the coaches and, and those guys. But as far as somebody that was that was um, extremely serious and extremely mature and was able to come down to the level and still maintain um, maintain the integ- their integrity, we, we, we didn't have that. And you know what? It's it's funny you mentioned that, man. And I, and and to to your point, David, I'm 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 sorry that y'all didn't have that. Um, in my high school, we, we we actually did, and and we had two teachers. Uh, one of them actually they both taught English. Uh, my tenth grade English teacher, Mrs. McKinnon, she was a uh, she, she she was definitely one of those that, that you just described. But the one that left the biggest uh, mark on me uh, was was a gentleman by the name of Mr. Wilson. Um, he, he not only taught our English class, but he actually, uh, was over an organization on campus. We called it a GQ gentleman's quest. And he served as like the, the mentor of that, of that on-campus organization for us. And, and it basically was all about brotherhood and bringing all the brothers, you know, in, in the school together, as many as we could pull and, and, you know, offering them guidance and mentoring and, and, and just, you know, how to be better men. So. Um, I'm, I'm definitely appreciative to that. I, you, I had to shout them out, you know, just in case that they listen. So. Man, we had one uh, African-American history teacher, Mr. Dennis. He yeah. was one. He was old. He he reminded me of James Earl Jones, bro. Whenever you're doing something, <laughs> I promise you he did. Like Mufasa saying something. It's like, hey, <laughs> hey, so what you doing? Where you going? Why you ain't in class? Come in here. Get this book. Go ahead. I'm going to walk down here with you. Make sure you get there. <laughs> That's what's up. <laughs> but outside of him, man, it just you you just didn't have that, bro, for for us. Um and 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 it, now thinking back on it, it was a blessing that we had him. Cause um we, we were some wild kids, man. And I mean, thinking about my situation, I think I can go from I think elementary school, I think I maybe had one or two. And then uh high school, one of our English teachers was black. So there wasn't really a lot of black teacher representation for me in my life until I actually went to college. So we could spin that question off completely Yeah. because I actually saw a tweet today and uh, the, the tweet said something along the lines of because you invested in me and asked me what asked me uh, to continue doing what I was doing, I became whatever. Basically the guy was interested in writing as a child, but because he had a teacher that sat him down and told him that what he did was good, that encouraged him to pursue that dream. And now he's a successful writer. And I asked that is what or how, how much do you think uh, representation matters? And, you know, we're not just talking about just being black or being male. It can be anything like how much does that play in some of the decisions that you possibly make or, or how could it be helpful? I think I think it is is huge, um, simply because if if you if you could see it, 
if you could see somebody else doing it, and if I could have that conversation with them, I could visualize me doing it myself. As opposed to me going out and have to trailblaze all of it myself and get into a situation where, like, this is too hard, get discouraged, and then I fall off. If I could see somebody else, it's like, hey, man, they made it. You know, I, I know it wasn't a walk in the park for them. So now, you know what I'm saying? It's like, okay, pull your bootstraps up. Let's 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 go. Let's figure it out. Better yet, even better, if I got a relationship, call them. Like, hey, look, this is what I'm going through. This is where I'm at. Can you give me a word of advice, some encouragement, how to get through this? And I think that's that's what changed the 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 um, trajectory of, of of a lot of people, man. Yeah, man. I um, echo what David just said. Representation is everything. And when you think about it, all right. So, like for instance, here's an example. Let's say we we, we strolled up to the hood right now. We you know pulled aside 20, 20 young brothers and asked them, "Yo, what what do you want to be when you grow up?" All of them, not let me not say all of them. I would say a a, a, a decent amount, sixty percent at least. <laughs> yeah, at least sixty percent. I'll say a ball player or a rapper or something in the entertainment industry, right? And, and when you really think about why is that the case, it's because the representation is there. It's because yeah. that's what they see. They they want to do what they see, you know. Whereas when you think of our white counterparts you know, and their childhood and what surrounded them, they saw people that looked like them that were doctors, lawyers, engineers, pharmacists, business owners. And so the goals and aspirations are different. The right. desires are different when you actually have representation. Um, you know, and, and, and you know, it's funny growing up, like, I mean, I, I, I thank God for the church. I thank God for my parents for, you know, always trying to put me in an environment that, you know, cultivated growth. But at the same time, like, like I, I think about like H, not not HBCs, but I think about the um, the uh, the uh, I can't even think of the name of them. Divine Nine, the the, yeah. the, uh, the the Greek organizations, you know, and and how big of a part they play within the uh, college arena. Um, but I didn't see that growing up, right? I didn't I didn't see the Qs or the Alphas or the Kappas or the Sigmas, you know, when I was in high school, I didn't even know that these organizations existed. I thought that only a select few of us actually had the desire to actually go to, go to college and pursue higher education, like, you know, based upon my surroundings. I mean, you know, and, and even then, like for the opportunities that we thought were available to us, like most of us thought that, you know, we were going to end up at an HBCU, which I love HBCUs and HBCUs are great. um, You know, institutes of learning for, 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 for our people to go and, 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 and learn. But at the same time, many of us didn't even have the aspirations to even go to a Harvard or a Stanford or a Yale right. because it didn't seem attainable. Right. Absolutely. Like, Agreed. you know, and, and I, I even actually have to take ownership in, in something that I said to someone where I was like, you know, they were like, Oh, I want to go to Harvard. And I'm like, you mean you want to go to Stetson down the street, right? Like, I mean, like, you know, let's let's scale it back to something that is actually obtainable. And 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 even in that same breath, like I'm I'm already shooting down someone else's dream. Right. Because in my head, that's not what we do. You know what I'm saying? Like right. how you know, and so again, that all falls back to representation. If it was something that I had seen happening for us more often, then I would have encouraged that person immediately. But my reaction 
was to, you know, disregard or almost, you know, completely dis- destroy this person's ambition because I didn't, I, I did not think that not, not, it had nothing to do with their personal qualifications. They had all the qualifications in terms of grades and aptitude and, you know, being well-rounded, but it was because I never saw someone pursuing that type of education at that level, at that institute that looked like us coming from our neighborhood. Right. So that's but why bro, I say it. it watch this though. Watch this though. Here's the strong piece because you already had in your mind the thought process. We don't do that. Right. Automatically. That's that goes back to what, what would happen if we had the opportunity to create and be free Think about it. And, and not nobody tell us, okay, you can't do that. You know, we don't go here. We don't go. No, 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 no. We go anywhere in, the, in anywhere we feel like we want to go. Right. But like, honestly, for my daughters, I got um, pendants up in, in, um, in the loft. Harvard, Yale, Howard, FAM, uh, all the Spelman, all the schools that they stay. Right. Where, where you think you want to go. Right. Put the pendant up. So you see it every day just to remind like that. you that, hey, look, you could go anywhere you want to go. Work hard. Right. Let's see. And like I tell them, get the foundation now. If you get the foundation right now, everything else is a building block upon it. That's it. Yep. Catch, catch it here. I tell them work hard here. So, you know what I'm saying? You play hard later. Right. right. It's going to come. So that I, I, but for me, I need, I need, I need them to see it every day. Every day when they come home, I, 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 we, we talking business. We, we talking about okay, not, 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 not. I know you're here, but let's come up with the plans for when you walk out these doors that you're equipped to be able to take care of yourself and teach somebody else the lessons that you don't learn in these four walls. Absolutely. Mm. But yeah, Mike, so that's that's where I'm coming from with it. I mean, again, you know, representation is, is everything. And unfortunately, until we have a, an increased representation, and, and here's the thing, I do feel like we, we've come a long way, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, had to, I had to break it down for somebody. I'm like, when you really, really think about it, Black people in America have not had civil rights for 100 years. Come on. Like, it was signed in what I, I know. I'm gonna get the year wrong. Um, 1960, what one or 1962? Uh... But nevertheless, uh, it, it it ain't even been a hundred years of civil of civil rights provided to us. Yeah. And so, considering that, and you looking at the progress that we've made, we've come leaps and bounds, right? And 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 to me, the future is still extremely bright for us. And I think that one day we're gonna change that narrative like there's not going to be a stereotype of you know laziness or you know not feeling good enough or or not feeling qualified for an opportunity you know there's going to come a day where someone's going to look at you know on the applicate on the application uh, a Tanisha or Shaniqua and they're going to be like oh wow like this person's extremely qualified and we should you know consider them for employment. Like it's, it, we're not even going to second guess it based off of a name. You know, I mean, I, I believe that day is coming. I'm hopeful for that day is coming, but unfortunately it has not came. And until then we, we continually have to fight against what we see and have faith, 
you know, which is what, like to, to believe in something that you can't see, right? We have to have faith that what we're doing matters and that it can be it done even at the highest level. Um, For me, I think my favorite episode would be episode 10, whenever we begin to start talking about the dynamics of, of siblings and understanding what um, each sibling goes through um, through life and, and, and not just looking at it from a big brother standpoint, but understanding um, what it feels like to be the younger sibling and the age differences and the dynamics of, of the complexities of that. And it really made me, um, really made me reach out to my brother and sister and make sure that uh, I was, I was making the right efforts and, and, looking at it from the right lens um with them so and that was um lorenzo's first time coming on and the the conversation flowed simply um amazingly so my favorite episode would definitely be episode 10 which is um mortal man all right man so today's topic focusing with the whole theme of relationships you know last time we touched on like couples but tonight we're talking about uh, family, in particular siblings, man, siblings. Like, it's, it's it's crazy how, like, you know, with the pandemic and how things have sort of stretched out so many different families, especially with all the craziness going on in the country, uh, you know, between random topics, whether it be COVID or politics or, you know, the financial market, you know, it can, it can cause big rifts within uh, communities and families, man. And so... I know, at least for me, you know, me and my sister, I mean, we're, 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 we're close. I mean, we're not, we're not super close, but you know, um, you know, we definitely had our, our bickering back and forth around uh, COVID this, this past year. And so, um, you know, just to go around the room, man, like, how, how are y'all feeling right now? Like, do you feel like there's been any tension amongst your family in regards to any of the, uh, today's topics going on in the country? Oh, for me, man, like, it's, it's it's always a, a delicate situation because um, you got some vax, you got some non-vax, um, and True. like we've always already talked about, man, that that's a that's a huge touchy situation. Um, in 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 my my close circle, so you know, as as always, man, continue to pray for them jokers. Um, you know, and then and pray that everybody come to some common ground and some type of, you know, solution to where everybody could be cool. But it is what it is, man. It's it's, it's ultimately division. Uh-huh. But in our household, our girls, they they solid. You know what I'm saying? They 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 loving the whole closeness of, you know, the whole year that they was at home together. That was that was amazing for them. Um and even now, they their relationship is still rock solid. Even coming home, they dialecting about what's going on in the elementary, and trend she talking about what's going on in the middle school. So, this is it's a pretty cool, um, it's a pretty cool look to see them handle each other, you know, with love and, and compassion and building that that best friend friendship. Um, right. So, yeah, that's what we got. That's what's up, man. I mean, you know, it's it's funny. Like growing up with, with a sibling, I do believe you you develop that bond, right? Where you you're close, and sometimes you can even be 
joint at the hip. But um, I feel like as you as you get older and as you mature, um, typically, at least for me, at least and I, I can only speak for myself, I feel like we've grown apart in a lot of different ways. And I don't know if that's just because we're approaching our adulthood differently, you know, but we have different, we've, even though we grew up in the same household, raised by the same parents, grew up, you know, learning the same, you know, precepts and, and, and teachings, we've developed our own opinion about so many things and it's caused us to go in two totally opposite directions. Like, I mean, like, can, can anybody else relate to that? Like, you know, like Mike, like, like, like you, you and your, you and your sister, like, you know, how, how, how are y'all's uh, relationship now as, as adults? <sighs> My sister is a different kind of person. So um, the nicest and easiest way to say that is I love my sister and respect her for who she is. I just think that to keep the peace, I am the oldest. I actually have a number of siblings. Um, I'm not going to go down the line, but with my sister, well, the older of my sister specifically, um, there are just a lot of topics that I don't really discuss because I I, I actually accept my role in the family. Usually I'm the peacemaker. I'm the one that brings everybody together. You know, we have a lot of strong and dominant personalities and um, a lot of them have zero back down. So they want all the smoke. <laughs> so <laughs> so <laughs> I'm telling you, if, if you were to follow my sister or any of my siblings on any of the socials, oh, yeah, they ready. They stay ready. Right. And, you know, I have um, I, I will say even with that, the relationships have changed. I think that because I focus mostly on just hitting them with with love and understanding. I try to, if it's something that's kind of heavy, I'll, I'll make my point, but I don't want to be a part of the problem. You know, I don't, I, I noticed that just throughout the whole pandemic process, a lot of relationships within my own family have changed, but specifically with my siblings, one of the things that I've been fortunate is learning to meet everyone where they are. You know, for example, <laughs> it could be as simple as uh, one of my siblings, he likes to talk and I'm, you know, I'm fine. You know, I have another sibling. He prefers to message me on a platform. And I'm like, cool, that that makes him happy. I'm fine with that, too. I have another one that likes to video chat. You know, I, I have another one that um, you, you'll never hear from him. But, you know, you shoot him a text. I'm good. I'm all right. I, you know, that's that's just what it is. That's 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 good for him. But so that that's really what I take from all of this is just learning to uh, learning to allow learning to allow my siblings to grow as adults as and mature as people to be who they are while still being who I am and just, just loving them. Remember the thing that bonds us all together. Yeah. Blood is, it's complicated as you all know, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I, I tend to, to focus on the respect, you know, to respect mm-hmm. the things that we were, we were reared to, to know and to understand and, and just be supportive. Are the, have there been times where I've had to, uh, what's, what's the, the social term. I've had to unfollow my siblings. Yes, you know I've had <laughs> I've had to, I've had to snooze some of my siblings. Absolutely. Um, there was a situation where it got to the point where my mom called me and said, "Hey, why aren't you talking to such and such?" I said, <laughs> "It's not that I'm not talking to this person. I just don't have anything to say." So you know, out of respect for my mom, I picked up the phone. You know what I mean? So yeah, the, you know, typical family stuff. But yes, yeah, it's, it's it's been challenging, man. But um. You know, we like to flip it on, on this angle, but just keep it positive. But, you know, hopefully I've learned 
how to to be a better person as a result of the experiences uh, with the pandemic. But like Dave touched on, even with my kids, I think my kids have appreciated um, having more time with me, uh, me being able to see a lot more of the them growing up. And even now I can see the two of them, they're two years apart and they're still very young, but I can see the two of their, them, uh, their relationship building. And, and it's, it's very close, you know, um, even going to pick, pick my oldest up from school, the young one, he comes with me and just the joy and excitement on his face when he sees her every day or the excitement that she has on her face when myself or my wife comes and picks her up. It's a beautiful thing, man. I, I just, I just hope and pray that they don't as siblings, they don't allow distractions of this world, you know, science, politics, religion, all those things to divide them. And they can remember, they always have that commonality you know, focus on focus on uh, being who they are, but just you know, keep the love and respect. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, That's absolutely. Oh, what about you, Lorenza? Like, have have you um, how's how how has either the, the the last couple of years, you know, dealing with you know politics or pandemic or even like you know the um, the events in the black community? Like, how how has how has it affect your relationship with uh, with with any of your siblings? Well, I mean, uh, I think all of you, except for David, have actually met my only sibling, my brother. Um, he's 10 years older than me, so Dave, right around your age. Uh, y'all probably get along, actually. Um, my brother and I, my, our relationship is, looking back, it's, it's kind of complex. You know, um, we haven't always gotten along. Uh, technically, he's my half-brother, even though that's a fact that I have to consciously recall, you know, as far as I'm concerned, he's just my brother. I didn't even know about that until much later on. It's never made a difference to me, but again, at the same time, I don't know how that colors his view of it. Um, but with the pandemic, you know, we've been okay. Um, one of the themes about my, my, my brother and my relationship is my mother. Um, so, she acts as a moderating influence between the two of us. Not so much that she directly inserts herself um, into our relationship, which I'm thankful that she does not. You know, she's strategic about it. She's smart, very intelligent woman. And um, she knows when to apply a light touch when necessary. But um, it's just that we both take after her in a lot of ways. And that kind of colors our relationship with each other. Um, So it's not so much that we don't see eye to eye. It's just that we have different priorities when it comes to things like the relationship, the pandemic relationship. Um, you know, thankfully I was able to, you know, kind of cash in my credibility that I like to think that I've developed over the years and persuaded him to, you know, take what I think are good measures to protect himself and, you know, his son and my mother, since they all live together. Um, and also himself, because, you know, he has, you know, not to tell his business, but, you know, he's in a high risk profession, seeing he's around a lot of people and I just want him to be safe. You know, I want my brother to call on every day. So that, that's been a blessing, you know, unfortunately, we're kind of on the outset at the current moment, but that's not related to the, uh, the pandemic. So it's, um, it's, it's, it's been an adventure. It's been an adventure. Okay, cool, man. Cool. And yo, and just to lighten up the topic. So real talk, like, cause and it's just a random poll I'm throwing out there out of, out of you and your siblings, who got the more, more ass whoopers? Like, oh, he did. <laughs> he did. Oh, he le- legendary. Hey, man. Right. 
I, I know, I know, Dave. I know, Dave got them more. Yeah, nah, see, I, my 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 siblings. You know, I'm 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 like Zoe. I'm 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 the big brother. My 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 little brother. My, well, my brother, he's 26, and my sister, she's 24. I'm 45. You know what I'm saying? And I grew right. up as the only child. So for me, growing up, it was it was the only child thing. So. It, Absolutely, I got into all kinds of hell that nobody, <laughs> nobody would even expect. So it, it really, my my siblings kind of grew me up because that was like the first real responsibility for me. Like, hey, look, you really got to get yourself together, bro, because they're gonna be right. looking up to you one day, and then you looking down at them. You gotta have something. You can't, right. you can't be looking down and then like, hey, look, I ain't got no for you, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's all effed up. Don't don't look at me. But you know, yeah, that that was that was one of like my brother Jonathan. That was that was really like one of my huge changing points. Like, dang, bro, you really you really got to get your stuff together. Um, so that that changed that changed the direction of of, of a lot of stuff that I was doing. Do you um like as 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 y'all were growing up? Or as you watch them start to grow up, did you ever see uh, either of them take on any of the same uh, endeavors that, that that you yourself went through, like like joining the military or even becoming an entrepreneur? Um, my brother, they 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 still this this whole new age thing. Military wasn't military ain't that thought process. Right. Entrepreneurship is one of those mentor pieces where we are now. We talk more about business, more about you controlling, um, you controlling your destiny mm-hmm. through being an entrepreneur. You can making sure you're wise about each dollar that you spend. Okay, instead of you going out and just blowing your money, save your money by your investment property, and then continue to deal with you know assets. Mm-hmm. It's more of our conversations now. They're like, well, a couple of episodes ago, I was telling y'all about a brother that was building his own house with his own dollars. That was my younger brother. Mm-hmm. And being able to see it and, and being able to watch him kind of look at money in a different um in a different lens and making money, you making money work for him as far as assets and not going out there and blowing it off has been one of my has been beautiful for me. Absolutely, he has help, but his mind, his thought process about how money works, is a little different. And I, I hope that I played a part in 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 how he's thinking now. Absolutely, wow. absolutely, and I'm sure you are. So, and Mike, I was about to say, man, me and you, we we both PK. So, you know, you, you, <laughs> I'll let you go first. Who who uh, who who out of your your, your squad was was getting toe up the most? My brother, that's in the military. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, was, it, was, it was him. Yeah, yeah. Um, he he was very highly intelligent young man, and and he would always seek to find a way out of whatever it is he was doing. But uh, he, he he took a lot. The funny thing is, he he took the most whoopings. But I think he's a he's an excellent father and an excellent man now. <laughs> Hey, like, like, hey. yeah, he, he's an excellent man. Did he take yeah. a whooping for you? 
Nah, I'm I'm much older than them. No. Nah. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Different generation. I got I got a seven year gap between myself and my sister, and then my my siblings. After that, I got a gap as well. So I was I was more sideline cheerleading and just trying to negotiate between them and my parents a lot of times, just to try to fill them out. Hey, you know, can we work something out? And they're like, Nope. All right, well, I, I tried. Hey, I tried. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna get back in my car and go back to my house. Y'all got this. I see you. <laughs> so you know what? I mean, listening to all three of y'all, it sounds like, like like me and my sister, we're like a little bit less than four years apart. But listening to you guys, y'all have siblings that are like seven, eight, nine, you know, over a decade apart. How yeah. how was that like growing up? Like, I mean, to to literally have a sibling where like, you know, like I mean, you know, we used to call little kids jits, like like they you you legitimately are a jit. Like you have no idea what you're talking about. You have no clue what's going on. Like, what was it like either being on the younger end of that or on, on the older end of that? Uh, I say for me, I think because I am the oldest, sometimes when I'm having serious conversations with my siblings, I try to tell them, listen, I did not have an older sibling because it was just me. Right. So I try to I try to encourage them to lean on on the knowledge of, you know, it doesn't have to be me, but somebody that's been through some things or somebody that's more experienced. I try to also let them know that they're not whatever they're going through, they're not going through it alone. There's a lot of stuff that, you know, now the pressures are different that I didn't experience in that way. You know, I think one of the biggest ones I'll, t- I'll recap since Dave recapped another show, um, even with the social media stuff. I can't understand that. I can't relate to that. I can't relate to having to live my online persona. I can't relate to that. Mm-hmm. But I can understand what it feels like to feel inadequate that I can relate to. You know what I'm saying? Right. Right. So, yeah. So, so. I think from my perspective with that, um, I, I just default to sometimes, you know, people know more than you. And that, and that's that's kind of the game I want to give them. You know, never be afraid to lean on those who come before you or even those who are after you. But if they have some valuable information, you know, just don't shrug it off. Right, right. And Lorenzo, so you you were on the opposite end. I mean, you you, you yeah. said your older brother was what, like about ten years older? Yeah, he's ten years like, older than me. So all all of y'all are the oldest siblings, right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So it was um, it was interesting because you know for the first half of my life he was there, and then he went off to college on the literal other side of the country. So for a time, I was effectively an only child, and um. You know, our, our, our history, our family history is complex and um, don't, don't get into too much here, but a big theme of our adult relationship with each other, well, my adult to his adult, has been, I think, me earning his respect and him coming to understand or, I guess, coming to acknowledge that maybe I do have some sense in my head. Because uh, not that I necessarily made a lot of bad decisions, but... You know, he grew up in, number one, a different generation, a different culture, and a different location than I did for basically every stage of our lives. You know, he grew up South Florida. You know, we weren't exactly in the hood, but we weren't that far from it. Um, Cousins running around, you know, like the prototypical 80s Black experience. You know, like he had that I did not. Um, You know, he's an exceptionally intelligent and sharp person. But book, book book smarts weren't 
his focus like it was necessarily for me. You know, both of us went to college. I lean more into like the stuff that I'm into. And, you know, he's he's into what he's into. You know, I'm the nerd and he's not. And, you know, it's like having to kind of meet in the middle as far as what our different manhoods have turned out to be. Because obviously I had the benefit of, you know, having him as a role model, you know, him growing into a man, him making something, you know, of himself, him finding where he wants to fit in the world. And then here I come trying to, you know, figure this out. And it was completely different from his. And, you know, eventually after a couple of years, we came to an understanding that, hey, I respect what you're doing and you respect what I'm doing. And now we can talk as peers as opposed to like, you know, kind of that quasi parental yeah. role that older siblings had. Cause I'll never forget one time, I, like the first time I cursed around and you, you, you better not be cousin. I'm like, you ain't my daddy. I'm a grown ass man. And I'm a grown ass man. You know <laughs> No, I feel you, bro. I feel you. I don't know, man. Like, I feel like as, as siblings, like, if you're on the, so like, at least with, like I said, me and my sister, we're, we're closer in age. So like, um, and you know, and I, and I, I, I always, I, I love my pops, man. I, God, God bless pops, man. Without pops, <laughs> we would not be who we are. Ne- neither one of us, man. So I thank God for him. But he used to sort of like, almost like pit us against each other. And so like, you know, <laughs> like if I came home with straight A's, he would go up to my sister. Well, your brother came home with straight A's. So what you going to do? You know what I'm saying? And so she always had like, in my opinion, <laughs> Like, he would he would say stuff like that, but like, <laughs> bro, like I know. Listen, y'all, like they keep asking me to bring pops on the show, bro. Like I cannot have pops on. The show. I cannot have pops on the show. I love pops to death, but if pops knew I was talking about him, he would be like, "Oh, so you've been talking about me? You Come on, he not roll saying? over the time and put them on for you." <laughs> But I'm just keeping it 100, man. And once again, man, I, I love him to death. Like, you know, like, especially growing up in the hood, bro. Like, and we can we can jump to community in a minute. But, you know, a lot of us grew up, you know, you saw a lot of families grew up without a pops. You know what I'm saying? Without having somebody there. And so, like, you know, for him to stick around and for him to do what he did for me and my sister, I'm, I'm greatly appreciative of it. But at the same time, there were those moments where I really, like, questioned, is this what normal families are like? Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so, but, um, right. That part. But, uh, but yeah, man, but nevertheless, you know, he, he, he pushed us to be competitive amongst each other. And then, you know, I sort of, you know, even though I'm not, what's kind of funny is like, I'm, I don't really consider myself a competitive person until I get into whatever I'm doing, like, you know, whether it be a sport or, 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 you know, whatever, but, um, yeah, man, like, so with, with my younger sister, he was always, like, challenging her to rise above me. You know what I'm saying? So, like, you know, I, I went to college. I studied engineering. You know, she went to a, a private college and studied, uh, I, mean, I don't even remember what her undergrad was in. It's like biochemistry or something like that. And so, you know, and then, you know, I graduated, started working. She went to grad school and got her master's. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, I feel like the entire time we've been, you know, as we mature into adults, there's always been like that. I got to be better than him <laughs> sort of mentality. And it's, it's, it's definitely fed her success, you know? And so I don't know, man. I mean, I, I every, everybody's, uh, you know, situation, everybody's household is different. 
the dynamic is different. I was going to ask Mike and David, like, did y'all ever feel like that? Like your young, younger siblings were like, you know, like, oh man, I got to be better than him or, or, you know, I got to be just as good to, to earn, like, like, like what uh, Lorenzo said, earn their respect, you know, for whatever I, I want to do in life. Like for real, I, I, I was finna say, man, I want to put a pin on that. I wanted to come back to that because I was very intentional about not wanting my siblings to have to earn anything for me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want them to have to earn anything for me. I wanted to give them something. Mm. Is it for me? It was always like whenever they came into the world, that was a precursor of me being a dad because my dad wasn't there. So for me, it was like, I always wanted to make sure that I'm setting a great example for them as a brother so that I wouldn't, they wouldn't be like, oh, my brother, he ain't, he's somewhere out there. But whenever they speak about me, it's like, nah, my brother, cool. Yeah, all right. he, 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 he wasn't trying to bust me up. Now, whenever I F up, then you best believe he going to come with me. He's like, hey, look, get your shit together. Right. Straight out. But it wasn't the fact of you have to prove anything to me. I'm prove I, I'm gonna prove it all. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna do everything that we need to do. So now you have no excuses. Because if I could if I could do it from where I came from, there's no reason why you can't do it. And if you need help, I got you. Mm-hmm. So it, the, the proving point is like, nah, I had to prove it. I had to prove it to them. All right. All right. Man, that's, that's, that's real. What about you, Mike? Like you ever felt like any of your younger siblings were trying to gun, gun, uh, gun for, what, for where you were in the lineup? No. Um, mostly because we all have different interests totally across the rainbow. I don't think any of them even to tell you the truth. Um, I don't even think any of them know what I do, which is fine. I appreciate that. But, um, in terms of just um, one of my brothers, he actually called me probably about a year ago. I think at this point, I don't even know how old he is, but he told me that um, he really respects me. He told me when he was younger and he was growing up that um, he didn't really care for me a lot because I was extremely difficult and hard on him. And you know what I told him? I said, well, I said, the reality of it is life is hard. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm not going to be easy. I'm not just going to just give you a pass or help let you make excuses. I'm not going to do that. And I said, now in the real world, you know, you're a father, you know, you, you have a very serious job that you have to take care of every single day. You know, you have a lot of responsibilities and you can understand that basically I started treating you like a man, you know, and not some teenage boy. Mm-hmm. And, and I actually earned his respect. Cause he, and, and now he has more understanding of a lot of the things that I went through and where I was in my life at the time. Now that he is, you know, ascended into the, the different stages in his life. That's just one of my siblings, but o- overall, I think I'm just, I'm, I'm very fortunate for the, for the support circle that as a family I've had, you know, with my parents, my, my grandma and, um, you know, uncles and aunts and, and people that we've always been able to lean on. So yeah, we, up, we, we're all different. Yeah. But, yeah, for real. I, I think it's interesting that 
Most of your siblings don't know what you do. Yeah, they don't. They don't have. <laughs> that was a, let me, you know let what me, that was an interesting thing. It's just like, oh wow, man. Let me tell you, I work for a hospitality company, and um, my mom called me one day. She was like, "Hey, um, does your little sister know what you do?" I said, "I don't know." This is my younger sister. She's she's young. She's very young, and um, I said, "I don't know," but um, I don't know how it came out. But she told me that uh, she thought that. I was in an occupation that I wasn't in, and it was hilarious. I'm not gonna say what it is on on on, on the air, but I'll tell y'all. What nah, it I need is to later. say it, bro. I was trying <laughs> to say. It. I want you to say it. Y'all want me to say it? I'm a dope dealer. <laughs> no, man. I'm the pusher, bro. Like, okay. <laughs> you, you know, I'm gonna hit you with. I'm gonna hit the disclaimer. You know, I respect hey. all occupations, all jobs, all people. You know, love everybody. Do what you do. Yeah. Take care of your family. Survive. So I'm not making this point to say that one job is better than another, but you know, what just you to need. just just to give you a, a reference. All right, I work. I mean, all right. So I, I work. I work in IT. I work for a hospitality company, and my little sister called my mom, and she was like, "Man, she was like, um, how is he a housekeeper if I never see him clean up?" Bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm ignorant. <laughs> like what? How did she even? How did she even get to that point? Like, she said hospitality. Bet I got it. Like, oh, this nigga cleaning houses. Like, oh damn, oh. dude. I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm like, listen. There, a hospitality companies have corporate offices. She like straight up thought that I was at the hotel cleaning rooms. Hey, bro, that's just as bad as somebody thinking an engineer is somebody that fix cars and and. <laughs> You know, do electrical work. Like, I don't know. Hey, man, my granddad thought I was an electrician for about five years. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, I don't know when he's going to come over here and install that panel. Y'all, wow, man. Man, dude. That's, that's <laughs> wild, Mike. That's funny. That's what's up, though. But, but then again, man, like, just to bring it all home, it just speaks to the volume of the perception. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Especially the perception in, in the relationship and being able to to be open and be like, nah, that's you only have a small window that you're looking at. If we start looking at the whole picture, then you, you start seeing that it's a whole bunch of different avenues that you could take in these situations. And that's that's something that I always try to teach like my siblings. It's like, hey, look. Maybe you're looking at this in a small window when it's, it's like real estate. Maybe you're looking at that in a small a landlord. I don't want to be a landlord. We hear it all the time. Whenever we really look at it, you're on one spectrum. You're a landlord mm-hmm. or you're renting. So yeah. now whenever you begin to look at it, you're in the game either way. You could, you know, commercial property, Airbnb, um, flip. It's it's so many different aspects that you can get into, and that's that's something that that I've I've tried to shape and have other people understand. It, when you start talking about hospitality, you talking about a whole industry, not just <laughs> not just cleaning rooms. But we we've been so compacted, and and that's the only thing that we saw, and that's the only thing that we understood. So we put everybody in that box. 
Hey, once again, man, thank y'all so much for all of our listeners who tuned in this year, man. We really appreciate everything that y'all have done um, in regards to supporting us. Um, as always, man, we're going to always open up our doors for your input uh, as we, you know, uh, close this segment um, in regards to season one and um, looking forward towards season two. Uh, we're always open for um, any any recommendations, man, for new ideas. So please feel free to always, um, you know, stop by our Facebook at FYF Pod and uh, drop us, you know, any thoughts or ideas on on new topics that you want us to cover um, as we as we prepare for season two. And also, you know, we have our our, our um, Instagram at FYF Pod. Our email is fyfpod at gmail dot com, and our phone number is four zero seven two four three eight four four nine. As we prep for season two. Um, we're still looking for, um, you know, fresh ideas, uh, new content to, um, you know, be able to relate more to our listeners. So by all means, um, we're, we're looking for looking forward to that feedback. And, um, you know, God bless y'all, man, for, for everything that y'all done for for us this year. And uh, we, we we look forward to uh, taking this journey into the into the next season um, with you all and, and, and increasing our numbers. And, um, and you know, and Mike mentioned it. Um, in the last episode, you know, please, you know, by all means, man, if you feel like the topics that we're covering, um, if, if they're if they're you know beneficial or helpful to you or if you know a friend or a family member who you think that could benefit from this, you know, f- from our platform, um, by all means, man, share share our platform, share our, our, our podcast with them. man. we, we would love for um, the things that we talk about to be a blessing to, to, to the masses. So. Uh, feel free to, to share any any of our uh, episodes with any of any of your family and friends that you feel like will benefit. So, again, man, thank you all so much. Take care and God bless.